0: Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. We are getting ready to start a series called uh, I See a Church. I See a Church. And the first thing I want to do is remind us of the mission that we have been um. <clears throat> that we have been asked to give our hearts to and give our lives to and give our, our, our energy and resources and everything to. And that mission statement is simply this. Journey Church Ventura to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness while growing together in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me read that again because it's, the, it's so clear it's so important that we embrace this statement. And it'll make a, a lot more sense as we continue to go along. But Journey Church Ventura exists to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness while growing together in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the mission that God has set on our hearts, that God has placed in our, in our church environment to... Uh, to, ...to say this is what we belong to, this is what we're about, this is what we're going to accomplish... ...this is everything that we're going to put our energy and efforts into... ...is to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace and forgiveness... ...while growing together, while being, becoming better and better disciples... ...while growing together in a relationship with Jesus Christ. There's another part of this that's really important that drives our energy... ...and that's what we call our passion verse... Our passion verse. This is what our passion is. And I want to read that to you as well. Romans 15, verse 20 through 22. And this is Paul talking to the Romans. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known... ...so that I would not, build, that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, those who were not told about him will see... ...and those who have not heard will understand... And here's the big part of the passion. This is why I have often been hindered from coming to you. This is why I've often been hindered from coming to you. Paul was hindered from coming to the Romans... ...because there were people that needed to hear about Jesus Christ... ...and his ability to save their lives. That is what our passion is. That is what our heartbeat is. What I hope and I pray... and, ...and I hope that you call me someday and say... ...Pastor, I can't be at church or I can't be at a meeting because I'm meeting with a a person who has yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness. Maybe you even call me up on a Sunday morning and say, Pastor, I've got a friend who has yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness who who has invited me to a football game party, and I'm willing to put up and, and go to that rather than come here. Why? Because I know that you can see this later on. But it's more important, and this is our passion, it's more important to connect with somebody who does not know Jesus. Yes? Amen? Hey, you go hang out with them for football and then invite them to church the next Sunday when their team's playing in a later, later, later hour. That would be awesome. You guys, I know that sounds strange, I know that sounds different, I know that, that, that sounds a little odd, but at the same time we have to understand that we're all about, I would rather you be hindered from coming here because there's somebody that needs Jesus and you're doing whatever it takes to meet them at their point of need. That's the passion. That's the passion. So today we start a vision series. Today we start a series about what the vision is for Journey Church Ventura. COVID has knocked all of us off of our track. It's knocked all of us off of this, this path that we, we thought we were on. And we were all going kind of just enjoying life and, and growing as a church. And growing as individuals and doing our jobs and all those kinds of things. And then COVID came along and just knocked us off our track. And what we're doing right now is getting back on track. Now, I'm not saying that we're done with COVID. It doesn't sound like we are. But we are going to move forward as a church. We are going to move forward as a group of people who have committed to do this mission and have passion based on this verse to reach people that that don't know Jesus yet. And so I want to talk a little bit about vision. Vision is uh, the preferred future. It's something that we want to see in the future. It's not now. It's not in the past. It's something that we want to see in the future. That's what vision is. Vision is not looking back in our rearview mirror. Vision is not looking at now only for the purpose of understanding where we are now and where we want to be. Vision is a preferred future. It's a place in front of us, not behind us. That's so important to understand. Um, I, I, I've heard a lot of people say, I want to get back to the old days. No, we want to get back to the... We want to look forward to the new days. Amen? Amen. We want to look forward to the new days. It doesn't mean that there can't be similarities... ...or that there's things that we want to happen... ...that has happened in the Bible... ...that we want to have happen now... ...or in the future. That's awesome. A, change, a future is a change that is part of our growth. A future is a change that's part of our growth. That's uh, one of the most beautiful things about vision... ...is that it, 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 it happens because of growth. So we're going to have... I'm going to talk about vision... And what we see for the church in the future. But it's going to change again. There's going to be another vision past this vision. Why? Because we're going to grow. You know, we all change and we all grow. And when you grow, something changes. And it makes you look even further forward. And it helps you see something different in the future. A picture, it's a picture of fulfillment. This is what... ...success looks like. This is what fulfillment looks like. This is what God's plan in the future looks like for us. And so we see vision. And lastly, vision is a next step in our life as a church. It's always the next step. There's, there, we're going to go in steps in growth. We're going to go in steps in maturity. We're going to go in steps. And as we go in those steps, those steps will change. Those steps will change what the vision is. Those steps will change our, our, our uh, uh, level of commitment... All those kinds of things, vision pushes us forward. And the last thing that vision does is the Bible says that without vision, people perish. Without vision, people perish. Here's what that means. Without vision, the literal meaning is without vision, people throw off restraint. There's nothing that keeps them together. And one of the dangerous things in in a context of a group without a vision is that everybody decides, if there's no vision, then everybody decides what the vision is. And everybody goes, and it diffuses the energy of the church. It diffuses the energy of the organization. It diffuses, and and it it takes all the energy out of what focus can do. And so vision puts us, I I call vision a guardrail. And it gives us guardrails that as soon as we understand what the vision is, then we can go down this road. And every once in a while, there's people that go, hey, let's do this. Hey, let's do this. And the guardrail keeps us from doing something that might be good, but it's not best for the vision and for the next step of the church. Does that make sense? And so the vision is so imperative. It's so important to our ...and to our culture that we understand what the vision is, where we're going, and we all go there together. And the guardrails keep us in there so that we stay focused, because when you're you're focused like this, there's no clarity. But when you're focused like this, it's laser point, and it's powerful. It's powerful. You you can take water and you can spray it this way, or you can spray it this way. Which one's going to have a bigger impact? This one might get everything wet, but this one... ...can cut through all kinds of things... ...and accomplish a lot of things. And so that's the power of vision. And that's why we're talking about vision today. Our our staff... ...our board... ...our uh, team of people... ...have been just passionately... ...praying about vision. And about what God wants. And we have worked together so hard... ...with lots of hours of prayer... ...lots of time together... ...lots of conversation... ...lots of looking in scripture... I want to share this vision with you. Now, there's 12 pieces to this vision that I'll be sharing with you over the next four weeks. And today, I'm only going to share six, or I'm sorry, five, four of those vision statements. <laughs> I, I, I learned, need to learn to count. So I'm going to share four of these points of vision with you. And we started with the statement, I see a church. I see a church. And one of the things that, that um, I enjoy, we, we went... As we went through this process, a couple of people that were helping us uh, went home and said, I see a, a, a family. I see my life. I see work. And they started developing vision statements for themselves. And so I encourage you to do that. Because if you don't have a personal vision statement, a direction in your life at home or with your family or at work then you're probably kind of just kind of wandering off and you can be tugged any direction that you want. If you're a student, um, I see uh, see school. I see my education going this direction. If you're a single person and you're wanting to date, I see a spouse. Have a vision for a spouse. Otherwise, you're going to get a loser, okay? And so be careful there. But let's talk about I see a church. I see a church. I see a church who is recognized by its love for God and people. I see a church who is recognized by its love for God and people. Amen? I see a church full of people who are eager eager to bring have-yets, the lost, to our weekend gatherings because they are inspiring, authentic, fun, joyful, and add value to life. Do you understand who who a have-yet is? We exist to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness. So the have yets are people who have yet to discover his love, grace, and forgiveness. So I see a church full of people who are eager to bring have yets, the lost, to our weekend gatherings. Because they are inspiring, authentic, fun, joyful, and add value to life. I see a church who equips people... To effectively enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness. I see a church who provides an irresistible and inspiring environment for all people to authentically meet with God through worship. God's word and community. An environment that would welcome believers and non-believers alike with warmth and authenticity. Those are four vision statements that we need to grab a hold of and begin to embrace as we continue to grow as a church. And these are the things that we will be working on and creating an irresistible environment. I want to focus on this word irresistible. Irresistible. The thing I've experienced in life over uh, my ministry life is understanding the difference between a uh, resistible church and an irresistible church. Believe it or not, there there is such a thing as a resistible church. There's churches out there that people would rather not belong to than belong to. And I get it. I understand it. I understand that there are are places where you walk into their building, you walk into their circumstance, you walk into their church, uh, you, you meet their people, and they're not warm. They look like they got baptized in pickle juice they look like they've read the Bible and all of a sudden it just changed them into some kind of legalistic, grouchy old person that doesn't want want to relate to anybody in life anymore. And people don't want to go to those churches. People don't want to be a part of those churches. And what we cannot be as Journey Church Ventura, what we have to commit to is being an irresistible group of people ...that love Jesus so much that the only thing we can do... ...is exude His love, grace, and forgiveness to this world. Amen? Amen. Amen. We have to become an irresistible group of people. What is it about that, that is irresistible? I, I've, I found myself thinking, what, what do I enjoy so much... ...that I keep going back to certain places? What, what is it that I, I go to and I love being a part of these places that I go to... Um, And enjoy. And I'm going to do my very best not to talk about food. Um, But most any place that serves good food, I I find irresistible. Um, That's all I'll say. Okay? What is it about the idea of irresistible? First, the, the, the most important part of being irresistible is that the environment meets a need in the person's life. If I go someplace and I find that this place meets my need, it touches my life, it it speaks to my issues or circumstances, it it helps me understand where I'm at in my needy place of life, man, that is a place I keep going back to because they get it, they understand it. And I pray, as a pastor, I pray that, that all of us would understand the needs of our community. Secondly, it serves a cause. I think people want to belong to something that is bigger than themselves that has a cause that's related to it, that has something that that brings value, not just to our community, but to the community. It serves a cause. We have a reason for being. We have a reason for existence. And that is not just so that we keep our own four walls all happy and we get together and we feel comfortable and all that, but that we make a difference in our community. I've, I've said this many times, that if if we want to become that church, that if we stopped existing, the community would miss us. That the community would miss us. We want to be that that community uh, where we serve a cause, and people want to belong to something that is bigger than themselves, that has a cause, that has a reason for being, and most importantly, makes a difference. Most importantly, makes a difference. So it meets a need, it serves a cause, it provides a place to belong. People in today's world, as, as much as uh, if you're online today, you're, it's wonderful that you're here, but you're alone in your home. And you want to belong to something, and you want to belong to a group of people, a group, of community of people. And so it's important that we have make a place that people feel like they belong. They belong here. And that's the beauty of understanding the the... the ...theological perspective of of we are the body of Christ. That anybody, anybody fits into the body of Christ. Why? Because God made us that way. God made us to fit. Each and every person in this room... ...is a significant part of the body of Christ. And so an irresistible environment... ...provides a place to belong. An irresistible environment is fun. We have fun. And we can enjoy... Uh, life, we can enjoy each other, we can have fun, we can play around, we can goof off, and uh, we can have a great time, even in church. Amen? Amen. Amen. N- nudge your neighbor, or uh, at least wave to your neighbor and say, uh, Let's have some fun. Let's party. Let's have a good time. All right? Uh, I, believe it or not, Jesus was great at having parties. And w- another part of an inv- irresistible environment is that you're proud of the place. ...that you enjoy. You're proud of the church. You're proud of w- walking into this building. You're proud of the people that you, you gather with. You're proud of, of the environment that we create. You're proud of the parking team. You're proud of the greeting team. You're proud of the ushers. You're proud of this environment that we, we are creating. You're proud of... of uh, you, you don't feel like, oh, if I go there... Oh, ...I don't want to bring a friend... ...because that might be weird... You're excited to bring a friend because you know it won't be weird. Or if it is weird, you enjoy the weird that it is. Right? I mean, You just enjoy the the strangeness of it. Whatever the case may be, you enjoy that. And so you're proud of the church. We have a a, a term that we're using amongst our team called plus 10. We want everything to be plus 10. 110%. 100% is meeting expectations. 110% is going just beyond meeting those expectations, exceeding the expectation. Why is that? Because at 90%, people go, oh, something's missing. At 100%, people go, okay, that was good. Met my expectations. At 110%, people are going, "Huh, that's awesome. That was great. At 150%, they say, you're weird. (laughs) You're strange. Why did you have a host inside the bathroom? That's a little much, you know? Um, but if you have a comfortable bathroom or you have a, a few extra little things in the bathroom, that's cool. That's, that's 110%. And so we want everything that we do to reach that level of t- plus 10. And so if you hear us say plus 10, that's what it means. We want to be in an environment that everyone proud of. That everyone feels that, that we've gone beyond the expectation that we've been able to meet the uh, expectations and exceed those expectations... Not only that, but an irresistible environment is excited about our faith. Here's where we get where the rubber really meets the road. Are you excited about the Jesus that you serve? Are you excited about the Jesus? Yes. Are you excited about the Jesus that saved you, that redeemed you, that pulled you out of the pit and that brought you into a place where you have a relationship with him for eternity? That's what brings people i tell you what i i get excited about different restaurants and i get excited about different places where i love to eat and i'll always tell you about juanitas down at Overa street because i love that place and i love taquitos i told you i wouldn't talk about food but i can't help it but this is a place where i love to go why because one they they know me now (laughs) they know me when that when i show up they go hey ricardo what's up And then they serve these taquitos and everything. And I'm so excited about this place. But I'm even more excited about the faith that I have in Jesus Christ that has made a difference in my life, that has made a difference in everything that I do. And that's why we want to be a church that has a vision about being proud of our church, being proud of everything that we are, and most important, be excited about our faith. Be excited about our faith. And when we are that then God makes a difference. Another irresistible part of the environment is God's presence. God's presence. When people get here, we want them to feel and know God's presence, to realize who He really is, and understand that He's here. He's real. He's authentic. He's genuine. There's not this mystical thing going on. There's this real thing going on, that we can sense and know God's presence, and lastly, We want to allow the journey to happen in people's lives. We don't want to be a judgmental environment. Everyone's on a journey. All of us are not perfected. Would you say amen to that? I'll say amen to that. None of us are perfect. And I've heard churches say no perfect people allowed. Why? Because most often the, the people who think they're perfect are judgmental. And the last thing this world needs right now is someone who's looking down at them and saying, you're no good. What people need to see is that we love you, we care about you, no matter where you are in your journey, no matter what your life circumstance is, no matter what's going on, we love you. And you're welcome here at Journey Church Ventura. And that's what we want. And so we want to create this irresistible environment. We want to create this irresistible place that uh, people belong to, that they're proud of, where God's presence is, where uh, it meets a need, it serves a cause, it provides a place to belong, all those things, it's fun, it's real, authentic, and we find this in Jesus. We find this in Jesus. That was a long introduction to the next part of this message, which is a description of this irresistible Jesus. This irresistible man who lived over 2,000 years ago and came to this planet because he loved you and me. Because he's the most amazing individual who did things that you and I would struggle to ever make those steps. Struggle to ever walk the path of crucifixion, of of the the scourging that he went through, the prayer that he even prayed in the garden. Were all things that set him up to suffer for you and I because he loves us so much. In Mark chapter 2 verse 13 we read one of the experiences that Jesus has when he's starting his ministry. And it says in in Mark chapter 2, verse 13, it says, Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, uh, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with the tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, he didn't know that... I don't know if he was in earshot or if he was in supernatural earshot. You know what I mean? And Jesus... Heard what, he said, heard what they said. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come to call the right, not call, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. That's a powerful, powerful passage of Scripture. Let's pick it apart for just a minute. It says, once again, Jesus went outside beside the lake. This was a natural thing for teachers to do as he went out to teach a large crowd. People don't gather around things they don't like. People don't gather around a a person that they don't like. You you, you can look at in our our world today and nobody's going to show up for people they don't have any appreciation for. And so they show up for him. And he must have been this attractive, something that was different about him, something that that, uh, was enjoyable to see and be a part of because a large group of people came to see him. (laughs) As he walked along, And so he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. This this guy's an outcast. This this Levi guy, who later becomes Matthew, Levi is an outcast because he's a tax collector. Tax collectors were hated people amongst the Jews. They were considered traitors because they would extort money from their, their, their fellow Jews on behalf of the Romans. And as a result, they were hated people. And so Jesus pays attention to this hated guy. And he says to to him, follow me. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up. This was not a career move for Levi. And I'll tell you why. Because as soon as Levi got up and started to follow Jesus, there was never going back to being a tax collector again. He was giving up his career to follow Jesus. Why? Because Jesus was irresistible. Jesus was a guy that said, I, I, when Levi saw him, I want to follow you. Why? Because G- Levi was a sinner. Levi was below a sinner in, in most Jews' minds. He was like way beyond... A sinner. He was, he was the guy that was a traitor. He was a guy that, that was an outcast. He was a guy that wasn't following the law. He wasn't even a, a, a good Jew following the law. He was a bad Jew. And Jesus calls him out and says, follow me. Can you imagine what the people were thinking? It's like, don't you know who he is? Don't you know what he does? Don't you know what he's done? Don't you know what we think of him? And Jesus doesn't care about those things. This is what makes him irresistible. He loves people who are unlovely. He loves people who've made mistakes. He loves the imperfect. And so he, he gets up and he f- starts to follow uh, Jesus. And while Jesus is having dinner at Levi's house, so they get up, follow me. He gets up and he starts following Jesus. And where does Jesus take him? Takes him to his house and says, hey, Levi, let's put on a party. And while Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him. Again, many tax collectors and sinners. These were many people who had, were outcasts. Many people who did not were not considered acceptable in the community. And, and here's where we have to get real in our hearts. We have to be willing to accept the idea that the people that need to be reached are not like you and me. And actually, let me repeat, let me, let me change that statement. These people are like you and me. We have been forgiven our sins. and They're just not there yet. They're have yet. They have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness. We have discovered God's love, grace, and forgiveness. And we, we aren't any better than them. We're not above them. We're not uh, anything to be judgmental of we are in the same boat except that we've received the grace from God to accept his forgiveness and his grace in our lives, praise God. And as a result, we, are, uh, the, we, we were already attracted to this irresistible Jesus. And it's powerful to understand that Jesus has made us whole and as a result, he is making tax collectors and sinners whole just by having a meal with them. Let me ask you the question. When was the last time you were found in a questionable spot? Not because you're doing anything wrong, but because you could possibly be identified with someone who's doing something wrong. With someone who's outside of the Christian circle. Someone who doesn't, hasn't discovered Jesus yet. Who doesn't know about his love, grace, and forgiveness. When was the last time that happened? It's pretty quiet. Even online, it's pretty quiet. And I get it. I get it. We can all be convicted of the idea that, man, we've, we've insulated ourselves. We've created this, this circle of, of, of comfort that we all live in. And we say, well, well when I grow... When I, when I know more about Jesus, when I know how to argue my faith, no, there's none of that that needs to happen. What needs to happen is we need to be in situations where the Holy Spirit shows up in our lives and He puts into us the message. It's not about the words that we have because He puts the words in our heart. Yes. Amen. He puts the words in, our, in, in a situation, a circumstance, and all you have to do is have your story because He's made the difference in your life, in my life, and if we tell that story... God does amazing things. God does amazing things. <clears throat> and if you look, when the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? There's the looking down the nose, being judgmental, looking at the outcasts and saying they're not worth anything. And they, they only judged everything they saw based on a performance perspective, not on a grace perspective. And I realized that Jesus calls us to a, a holy life. He calls us to live a, a, a righteous life, but it's not a righteousness that we create on our own. It's a righteousness that he puts in us. It's a righteousness that comes out of obedience and walking with him. And it's a process of growth. And if we're not comfortable with helping people grow in their relationship with Jesus and helping people uh, come out of the life that they're in and the circumstances they're, they're facing and help them realize that Jesus is the answer, not a bunch of laws or rules or regulations, but Jesus is the one who changes from the inside out, then we won't be an irresistible church. We'll be like the Pharisees and the Sadducees who look down their nose and judge others. And that's not an irresistible environment. Jesus, on hearing what they asked, said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've come to call, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. I don't know about you, but I would not want to be the righteous he was referring to right there. I would not want to be lumped into that group of Pharisees. I would want to be one of the sinners. I'd want to be one of the humble that says, I have issues and I need help rather than I'm all that and a bag of chips. Really. Because we're not all that in a bag of chips. We're only what we are because of who Jesus is and what he's done in our lives. We wear a robe of righteousness. Take that off, and man, it's ugly underneath. But with that robe of righteousness, Jesus has made all the difference in the world. <clears throat> <clears throat> that is the irresistible Jesus that makes the irresistible church. I don't know the portion, and I'm going to skip that next portion, Scott. Because I believe that all we need to do is understand who Jesus is. All we need to understand is that Jesus is the irresistible part of this world. Sinners, tax collectors, anybody who has a hurt in their life will be attracted to the Jesus that loves that embraces, that engages those who have yet to discover his love, grace, and forgiveness. And if we will be that church, if we will do everything we can, the vision is this. The vision is to create an irresistible environment. An irresistible environment with irresistible people who believe and follow and serve the irresistible Jesus. And if we will do those things, then God will do Amazing things that this building will not contain Will not have the capacity to contain All those that are attracted to an irresistible Jesus Christ It's not about you It's not about me It's about Jesus And if we will present him to this world Then we will find that people will show up People will end up in our lives In our circumstances, In our workplaces In our schools In our relationships Everywhere we go Jesus will be there. Why? Because he wants to be what shines out in our lives. He wants to be that irresistible part of our lives that people go, man, I love hanging around Ricardo. I love hanging around Larry and Deanne. Why? Because they just exude Jesus. And, and they can be sinners, and you can go to a place, you can go to, to, to different places, you can go to a football game where, where all kinds of different things are going on. You're like going, oh, I don't know about this environment. Well, do you think Jesus cared about what other people thought? No, because he was going, here, here's this, maybe I've told this story before. When I was at Airmark Uniform Services as a district manager, I managed nine truck drivers <clears throat> that delivered laundry. These guys were nice guys. They were good guys, but they, m- most of them, I think only one of my guys was a Christian. And quite often they would come at the end of the day and say, hey, we're going to uh, a bar. We're going to Gators. <clears throat> and uh, we're going to go hang out and have some beers and, and, uh, and just end the day. And I didn't say no. I said yes. And I went to that bar and I had a Diet Coke. I'm not against drinking, I'm against drunking. If you understand that statement, and you can talk to me later about if you need more context with that. But when I went there and I hung out with them, I didn't didn't need the drink. I just needed the time with them. I ended up doing some of their weddings. Quite often they'd come into my office, and um, if they left the door open, I knew it was all business. If they closed the door, Then I knew I was no longer a district manager, I was their pastor. Because they knew I was a Christian, they knew I was a pastor. And uh, they'd close the door and then pretty soon you'd see this little tear come out of the corner of a truck driver's eye and he'd quickly wipe it away and start talking about their spouse or their girlfriend or some pain they're having with their parents. But it's so beautiful to be in the context where people need Jesus where people have the opportunity to realize that there is someone, not Ricardo, but the Jesus that Ricardo serves can help their lives. And that's the irresistible Jesus. When I first got there and they found out that I was a Christian and that I was a pastor, they were all like, oh, you're just some religious freak. But as I continued just to hang out with them and relate with them and spend time with them and not be judgy, they warmed up and four years later I was very close friends with many of them if not most of them and it was God's grace I just want to encourage us today as we talk about I see a church an, irres- an irresistible church is one who loves God with all our heart, mind, soul and strength lives our faith with all of our lives is generous with our resources enters into the journeys of have that's an irresistible church I read earlier these statements I see a church who is recognized by its love for God and people let's get that picture in our minds we want to be known as people who love him and serve him I see a church full of people who are eager to bring have-yets, the lost, to our weekend gatherings because they are inspiring, authentic, fun, joyful, and add value to life. I see a church who equips people to effectively enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness. And I see a church who provides an irresistible and inspiring environment for all people to authentically meet with God through worship, God's word, and community. An environment that would welcome believers and non-believers alike with warmth and authenticity. Do you see that church? Do you see that vision? Do you capture that, that heartbeat? Because that church is who Jesus is. That church is a reflection of the Savior and Redeemer of our lives. That church is the reflection of someone who would go in and hang out with tax collectors and sinners. And the religious would look down on them But those that are hurting, those that are struggling, those that are outcasts want to be with him. And those are the people. Those are the people that are available out there to touch, to minister to, and to lead to Jesus. Do you believe that? Will you be a part of that? Will you be a part of that church? Will you embrace this vision? This is hard work. Being what God's calling us to do is hard work. And so, between now and a date I'm going to share with you, two twenty-one twenty-one. 21. I want you to remember this date, two twenty-one twenty-one. 21. In a little while, we'll, we'll, we'll all wear shirts saying two twenty-one twenty-one, 21. And those shirts represent our grand opening. Our grand opening is a church. I'm, I'm very, very excited about that because you, th- you say, wait, wait, wait. We, we became Journey Church last January. We, we had this celebration. We had all this stuff. Yes, but we have not had this moment where we've decided, okay, let's invite the entire community to Journey Church Ventura. We've kind of done our own thing, but we haven't done this big invitation and we haven't prayed about it and sought God and said, God, bring as many people as we can. On 2:21, 21 here's what's going to happen. This is another part of a vision. We're gonna launch two irresistible services with 350 people. I'm putting out a number. I'm, I'm in faith. I, know, I, I I don't necessarily like numbers, but that's the number God put on my heart. We're gonna launch two irresistible services on two twenty one twenty one 21 with 350 people. Now, will that happen because Pastor Ricardo said it? No. That'll only happen if you and I are irresistible people who invite people to an irresistible service to hear about an irresistible Jesus. Okay, that's only going to happen. And so on on 21 21 we're going to have to start two services on Sunday mornings and we're going to have from nine, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. And the, the beauty of that is that everyone will get to serve one and attend one. So that's what we're calling everybody to. Serve one and attend one. Serve one in the kids. Serve one in, in, in here. Wherever you can serve on a Sunday morning, we want everyone to serve, so that, and then the other one you can attend. And then we're also going to launch two irresistible journey kids services with 100 children. Same times, yes. We believe very strongly that the church, the strength of the church, is in its youth is in its children, it's in its uh, students, and it's in its young families. And we, that doesn't mean that, that if you're not a young family or a young person that you're not valuable. We're, we're all part of this whole thing that helps people understand and be part of an irresistible environment. So we're gonna create two irresistible environments, one for children, one for adults, and we're gonna have an amazing time. 350 people on 22121. So I want you to begin to pray. I want you to begin to, to strategize. Who are you going to invite? Who are you going to bring with you? Who are you going to in, include? And it doesn't have to. You don't have to wait till 2:21:21. We're going to have some great moments on these weekends where God's going to do some amazing things. But here's the vision right now: two irresistible services for kids and adults on 2:21:21. I believe God's going to do some amazing things. And I I hope and pray that every bit of growth that we experience are from people who have yet to discover God's love, grace, and forgiveness. I'd love to keep a baptismal full right here. And we baptize weekly, if not. Yeah. And I just believe God's going to do some pretty amazing things. The call is this. First of all, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, We want to invite you to this irresistible Jesus. He loves you so much. He cares about every part of your life. He cares about every circumstance you face. And he is willing to be present if you'll let him. In your heart, in your mind. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, be one of these tax collectors and sinners. I'm one of those that years ago said, Jesus, I need you. I need you to forgive my sin. Please forgive me of my sin. Based on the work you did on the cross, please forgive me of my sin and Jesus I believe that you were raised from the dead the Bible tells us if we believe those two things that we can be saved so I want to pray with you right now if you're online you're here on site I just want to pray that God would redeem your heart right now dear Jesus pray this prayer after me dear Jesus please forgive me of my sin I accept you as my Savior and I accept the work you did on the cross and I believe that you were raised from the dead And today, promise eternal life. And based on those two realities, I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for bringing me into the family of God. And I I accept your saving grace today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, (laughs) you prayed that prayer for the first time, man, God is in control of your life now and will do amazing things. And church, let's stand. And let's pray, and and let's commit to this vision. Let's commit to the mission that God has given us. Let's commit to the passion verse that God has given us. And let's commit to this vision that God is, is setting up an irresistible environment as a church. And will you commit to be an irresistible person, a person that reflects Jesus, and only Jesus, and allows Jesus to permeate your life so much so That people go, man, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of their life. I want to be a part of their church. I want to be a part of serving their cause and making a difference in the life of this community. God, I thank you so much that you have called us to enter into the journeys of those who have yet to discover your love, grace, and forgiveness. And I pray today that you will allow us the privilege of seeing this vision come to reality I pray, Lord, that we not, we're not having dreams. We're having uh, visions of reality. And I pray that you help us, God, to see this vision come true. Help us all become part of becoming that irresistible church. That irresistible church that reflects the irresistible Jesus. That saves them and leads them into a, a relationship with you. God, we pray that you would raise up men and women, Lord, who are unashamed of the gospel, unashamed of, of, of the story that we have to tell, that you have redeemed our lives, that you have set us free from the bondages that we once had in our lives. And now today, we have the promise of eternal life and we'll spend time in eternity with you. Lord, help us to tell that story. Help us to invite those friends. Help us to see 350 people on on February 21st of 2021. Lord, as we worship together, may that be a day of celebration. May that be a day that opens doors beyond our imaginations. And I thank you and I praise you for that. God, be glorified. God, be lifted up. God, be exalted. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen and amen. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. Ron's going to lead us in one more song. God bless you, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you guys for being here today. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey, and I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.